two guys that like two braces, a bag of forces, even though Lee trying to make it three, and an Akira clean sheet. It's Madison. How are you guys doing? Top of the world. <laughs> Looks like the team is top of the league. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It feels great, man. It feels earned. It feels great to be top of the league. Um I know, Matt, before the game, me and you were trying to figure out, like, what did Richmond have to do to end up on top of the league before the game kicked off? And literally everything that we needed went the way it did. Tucson got a draw and no-co. Uh, Union Omaha, well, that game didn't really help matter. Fort Madison, probably the biggest surprise of the night, knocked off Greenville 3-1. to And then Fuego got doused out by Chattanooga which means Richmond kickers in the night on top of the night. Um, we got a lot to talk about in this game. And I guess the first thing we should probably start off with, as Janir disappears, <laughs> um, probably the first thing we should talk about is with this game now, with the game, with the last three games, the 3-0 game against Chattanooga, the 2-2 draw against Tormenta, now this 4 nothing win over uh, Charlotte. How are you guys feeling about this team as we get to this 10-game 10, 10 period? Feeling pretty good overall. Uh, I'm sure we'll go into a lot more detail with this later on, but you know, I like that this team really has seemed to you know, pick up a next-man-up approach. Uh, I think a lot of times when you have depth in a team, it can most of the time it's good, but sometimes it can be bad because you know guys get really tight you know, trying to uh, – keep their spot out there and they don't play as freely. They don't necessarily play uh, without thinking uh, this team, you know, really is feeling like when the guys get their shot, they are taking it, they're grasping it and, you know, they're producing as a result. So I think we're really getting that benefit of it. And we're seeing that, you know, across the board, whether it's on the back line, whether it's in the midfield, whether it's on the, you know, the front line, you guys are when they their number gets called, they're stepping up and they're producing and making Darren's life hard in a good way. Yeah, they are. All right. It's I guess the kind of joke was last week was that you had a bunch of defender score goals, there was no real attackers, and the kickers kind of disproved that. Matt Bentley stepped up very big. Neil Vignoles, Ethan Bryant. Like it's good to see that the balance in this team is finally starting to cohese and come together at Pretty much an important part of the season, you know. It's good to see. Tina, you got anything you want to add to that, man? <laughs> I mean, it in the one thing that I, I realize is these past couple of games, we have really, really, really been seeing what we were missing in Bolaños during his spell out. Like literally four assists in one game, almost scored one. Um was a nightmare to that uh, right flank of, of Charlotte Independence. And just, he, I mean, he was consistent the whole game. And he didn't look like he was even, I'm not going to say he didn't look like he was trying that hard, but he just, he looked at ease. He looked at ease with what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing literally the entire game. And it, it was a stellar performance from him. Well, I think the reason why he looked so much at ease is because the way how Charlotte was playing. Like, they came in with that three in the back like they're they're known for. But it was like their back line and their midfield, really, like the two guys that was in the midfield, they just got so stretched. And it's like no one really – it's like for every every time Charlotte was trying to solve a problem, like a, two more problems would pop up. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. like, Neil and Ethan at one point were really dictating the game in the midfield. So they try to like real close tight space on them, which meant that whoever was supposed to be doubling on Bolaños now got pulled into the midfield. That means Bolaños is now open. And then they try to cover Bolaños, which means the midfield is now open. And it's just like I like the way how Richmond was able to change up a lot of things throughout the course of this game. And, you know, very different from the first game where it seemed like Charlotte was pinning us back, you know, with that high press and stuff. It was like Richmond was over and over the course of this game, was able to break it down and 
that really seemed like it bothered them too much. Yeah, I think that goes to some of that quality depth we were talking about because uh, they they were missing a few guys, yeah. you know, yeah. out there. Uh, but so were we. You know, even even this week, you know, there were you know, a few names, you know, notably absent, you know, you know from the team sheet. I, I'm at the you know, point with just the way the world is right now. If a guy disappears for a week, I I don't know for a fact. I assume it's probably something you know COVID related because everybody's getting it again and you know, going around. So if they pop back up next week, I figure, all right, well, it was their turn off. But yeah, that's where the quality depth comes in. We saw that our guys were able to step up. Uh, you know. Didn't have Byam out there. Didn't have Gordon as an option. Uh, you know, didn't miss a beat at all. In the last game when we played Charlotte, Byam ripped them apart yeah. on the wing, and we went with a different options. Charlotte didn't have that depth. That's why they're you know they're rotating you know, keepers all over the place. That that dude wasn't great. Oh, take it. <laughs> no, he was not. I was well, watching I, him warm up show, and I was like. Yo, he has not saved that one shot. You know, Warbus is different because, you know, you facing like it's one on one, whatnot. But like he was getting nowhere near close to any of the balls. Like, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, really I, to good. be honest with you, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was good for us. Um, it, it, it really wasn't a very good day for keepers, apart from the fact that Akira got a clean sheet. I would not say this was a great performance from him. Um, there was a spell where he literally almost four or five corner kicks in a row came out and missed the ball. Uh, and he, he had some fluke moments. They had that one shot that went literally inches past the far post where he should have gotten something on it. Um, the close chance that they got with the guy literally on the doorstep hit it over the crossbar. He should have got something on that before that ball got to him. There, there were moments where I feel like Akira was a little uh, lost to see, but he got the clean sheet. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what did you guys think about the lineup uh, rolled out there? Because there were some differences. Um, so I didn't like, mind it too much because yeah. I, I think Fitch has shown that he does a good job at that left back spot. Um. I think you got the balanced midfield of Zaka and Ethan, and I think it frees up nil. I don't mind it. I think this is probably, I would say, I would. This is this is probably the kicker's best lineup. This is probably arguably their best lineup, exception for Stu. If you listen to it, that's their best lineup. But this is probably like, if I see this lineup, I'm not concerned. Yeah, no, it was a a, a pretty good lineup. Um. Again, I, I'm I don't like to talk in absolutes with regards to lineups because it again it you need the right tool for the job. So there is there are certain teams we play against where this lineup probably wouldn't be a good idea. Um, other teams we play against where this lineup works perfectly, i.e. this one. Um, but this this for this game, it was the right choice. Darren made the right choice. And another thing about it is, like, the lineup was one thing, the formation was one thing, but there was so much fluidity that the formation wasn't really that important. There was so much fluidity with the way the guys were moving around, were um, covering for each other, overlapping, covering, and, 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 and literally sometimes switching positions randomly just throughout the game that, again, made it harder for Charlotte and, and gave them a little more freedom. Um, it makes it hard to plan against when your formation is just something to put on paper. Apart from that, it's just, you know, especially with the midfield and attack being more fluid and free moving, it, it was really tough for the other team to take care of that. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, we're, we're going to sing his praises plenty, I'm sure, over the next <laughs> however long we talk. Uh, but you know, Matt Bentley, you know, coming back in, you know, being left out the last two games and not missing a beat. And I think he was really, I mean, he's beyond the two goals that he scored. That's an obvious statement. Uh, but, you know, I think even putting in the work defensively, you know, in that you know, forward wing position, that's, you know, a spot where you can sometimes see guys take a playoff defensively or two and not you know, necessarily be as bought in on it. And, you know, he was, 
you know, out, out there and not just, you know, pressuring the keeper, but, you know, getting back near, you know, his own 18 and making those contributions. So I think that was really, really positive. And, uh, you know, Elliot, we were talking, you know, kind of building on what Shanir was talking about, you know, we were noticing, you know, at the game that a lot more dribbling East-West, you know, going on, you know, this week than uh, in the past where we do a lot of North-South. Yeah, it was a lot more patience. I mean, this is the thing about it. Like, this game really proved, like, it didn't matter who the kickers had on the field. It was just, like, if you could be patient enough, you could pull Charlotte out of position. Once you pull them out, Charlotte's not going to recover. Like, every goal that happened, every near goal that happened. Like, because remember, we almost scored within two minutes of that game starting because Bentley had a header that hit right off the post. And if it's on the other side of the post, it's going in. Like, but it was the same constant goal over and over again. Like, just move Charlotte around, and when Charlotte commit a bunch of numbers to one side, shift the ball back over, and just go and go deep. But I just like the fact that like they were just very patient. They didn't seem to rush. They didn't seem like to go long for the sake of going long. Like it seemed like a very methodical like this is how we're going to beat Charlotte, and we stick with this game plan. We're going to beat them, you know. And like honestly, to put it out, put it out there, like the first goal, I love the first goal so much just because of like Matt, like you're talking about Matt Bentley's work rate. Like that goal doesn't happen if Bentley doesn't just go all out and put a leg in there and force the key, keeper to like double to have a second thought to get an extra touch on it. He snatches it, and then from there the goal happens. Yeah, well, why don't we talk more about that then? Because. <laughs> There's a lot of fun goals to talk about today. We might as well get get to the good stuff. Right. So, yeah, like I said, like, if, if Bentley doesn't yeah. set that press there, that goal doesn't happen. That goal's opportunity doesn't happen. But see, he sets that press there. I can't remember who recycled the ball, but literally, I don't know what it was, man. All four was, of the uh, goals had the same. It was, okay. Yeah. All four of the goals had the same exact, like, <laughs> play tool. Where Belongius just gets it out wide and he cuts it across the middle. Yeah. Like, it was the Basically. same exact assist. Ex- exactly. Except for the third one. Except for the third one, which was kind of more so by accident rather than an actual set play. But with with that that first goal, you could see one one thing that I did notice that between that uh technically basically both of Ethan Bryant's goals. Uh when you look at the setup there is a lot of relaxed cool under pressure thinking because if you look at that first one um bentley jumps in puts the pressure on the keeper he messes up and the ball falls to terzaghi two weeks ago terzaghi's gonna try and rip a shot from there no he takes his time he turns he finds neil neil two weeks ago would have tried to take a shot from there no, he says, all right, no, we're going to wait. Puts it out wide to Bolaños, and Bolaños crosses it in right across the face of goal. Ethan Bryant coming in with the late run, perfect. And it's the same thing with um, the goal right before halftime. When Bolaños comes in, now he has every right to cut inside with the space they gave him to cut inside and go for goal. So he does that. He goes for goal. He runs in. Goalie comes out, makes a big save. But the ball falls literally right back in front of Bolaños. Two, three weeks ago, Bolaños is trying to put his foot through that to put it through the back of the net. What does he do? He thinks, oh, it's Ethan. So the composure, the ease with which they were playing, you could see they weren't panicking. That It was beautiful. Yeah, like back back in college, uh, when we played, uh, you know, FIFA, you know, we would basically you know, call all that like the quote of the play because you know whatever version of FIFA that was we were playing, we, you would get down the end line, you cross it in for the tap, and it, it would work every single time. Yep, the you know, sweaty goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's basically what happened this time. I mean, I, I know you know everybody loves a Bima you know type goal from uh, last week. Realistically, though, I know you know getting these goals like we had this week are far you know better because a obviously they're easier you know to finish, but it shows that you're really breaking down the team rather than relying on you know a singular moment of magic. Uh, so, yeah, if we can get all these you know goals, that will have to be like team goal type of you know goal of the weeks instead of you know rocket amazing you know shots. I'll, I'll take that 
all the time. You know, let, let our guys you know, pad their stats that way. Muted, Duke. Muted. All of these goals were like soul crushing goals. Like every one of these goals <laughs> were that type of goal where it was like absolutely. You defenders and goalkeepers just look at each other like, like what, what can we do? What what else can I do? You know, like it, the second goal by itself, man. The space that Bolognos had, it was like Bolognos and like a highway of the space he had. Oh, yeah, they gave him that whole side. Yeah. They gave him that whole side. Because here's the thing that that drives me crazy is that Bolaños, most of his assists came from inside the 18, close to the six on that wide position. And if you look behind him, going all the way to the sideline, there's never anybody there. So which means no. that even if he had received the ball all the way out on the wing, he has this ocean of space between the, the, the sideline and the goal to work with. And they were not covering that space at all. That whole left flank, Bolaños had that whole left flank to himself. He could have plopped his house right in there and just set up shop. Well, no, this is the thing that Charlotte was doing that wasn't making any sense. Like, they were playing this 3-4-3 three, so the wing back would go up, but then like the right center back on that side, who was Dimmick, would also go up, and they would just try to like just press in. And Bilal used to just say, like, "Okay, fine, wide Thanks. open." <laughs> you know, and it was I was just like, I think there was a moment in the game back. I looked at you and I was just like, "Yo, like no one's gonna pick this up." <laughs> okay, with it. You're not gonna see me complaining. You want to let Bologna's run? He's good at running. <laughs> he is. Also, man, I just want to say, yo, I don't think it's been a long time. I maybe I started too long, but if there's anyone that gets the ball in City Stadium, where the whole stand like stand, stands up when he gets the ball in like an attacking area, it's Bolaños, man. Like yep. anytime he's in an attacking area, and he gets the ball. The whole stadium, you can hear it like they just had him. Like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's, electric he, I mean, he is electric. He creates chances, and you know it, it's funny. Um, you could see that not only did Charlotte not play the game right, but they did not pick the right personnel. I think the the counter to that, not not the counter, but the same player on the opposite side, on on the Charlotte side, that that would have probably provided them with a little bit more. With that was Mbuyu, and he came in very late. Yeah, uh, I think he's coming back uh, yeah, okay. So, him and, uh, Abara? Yeah, Abara yeah, was out Abara. hurt. Yeah, Abara was out hurt, and was, was was recovering, and, you know. Yeah, yeah they were missing three or four guys, officially, and I think, like, both of their like, – I don't even know if they have a keeper, like, actually under contract. You know, they get you know, keepers on loan from, like, you know, Charlotte FC, and they had one from Inter-Miami, and then I don't know where this guy came from, but he was uh, trash, and we never see him was. again. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that's what it came down to. Like, it was – I mean, it's – I don't want to keep repeating it, but it's the constant theme of, like, Richmond was just very patient, took their time, and was able to pull Charlotte apart, you yeah. know? Yeah. There wasn't, even, like, there wasn't a lot of pressure in the midfield either. Um, no, you could, it wasn't. Well, you could because, see, like, like – Ethan, Zaka, and Neil were – they were working – there were periods – they were – popping one, two touch passes together and like cleaning Charlotte's midfield wide open, just cleaving them wide open with some killer passes. Not not even long passes, just some short play passes just cutting right through them. Yeah. And, and yeah, I wouldn't no I wouldn't even say they I wouldn't even say they weren't pressuring. I think our guys were, you know, for the most part just really good about being able to work out of it and work around it on Saturday. I mean there there were a few times where uh I think their pressure, you know caught a couple guys and it forced a turnover back there. But yeah, like you were saying, for the most part, I think we saw a level of uh, short passing that we haven't seen from this team all year, you know, so far where, you know, they really seemed intentional. It really seemed like they knew exactly where they were looking, where they were trying to go throughout the entire game and were able to execute it at, you know, incredibly high rate. Yeah. Because if you even look at the third goal where like everyone's in the midfield, it's really like 
and I give the credit to the Terzaghi, man, because even though he's not getting his name on the sheet, he's still being very proactive within this team because it's very easy as a goal scorer to be like, all right, I'm not getting the goals. I'm not going to track back as much. I'm not going to give as much effort, you know. But, like, this third goal doesn't get started if Terzaghi doesn't have, like, a moment like you're alluding to, Matt, like where he's just comfortable under pressure. It kind of plays a one-two pass. I think it was with Zaka. He chips it over the top. Now, the only reason why Belongings is not outside is because the Charlotte defender gets a he gets his toe to it. If he doesn't touch it, Belongings is offside. But since he's not, Belongings once again has him in a highway open to do the same exact goal again. Well, not the same exact goal. Well, not the same. He should have scored it. That's the yeah. only issue with Belongings' game. It's like one on ones. That's his. He got to work on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unless unless you're a, a practice clinical striker, one-on-one with goalkeepers on breakaways are pretty much a toss-up because a goalkeeper, for the most part, is just running out, trying to time your run and making themselves big. So, and you're moving at pace. It's only a t- the top echelon practice strikers that know how to how to maneuver that situation yeah I don't, I don't know i think you're a professional attacker and you're getting probably what three of them he's had like that this year and none of them in yet you, you need yeah. to you gotta you finish to one yeah you gotta finish think one. it over the keeper <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta finish one that's it but i mean he still had like he hit it so hard that it came off the goalkeeper and he still was able to slot it into ethan Bryan, who's by the way has never scored in a richard kicker's uniform now he has two goals and two assists to his name. So yes, yes, here for him. But as Shanae, you brought up a good point about like just the pressure that Charlotte was trying to was trying to do, and it wasn't working. Of like, if you go back and watch this game, you'll see the constant thing of Charlotte literally had two people in the midfield. We had three, so it's a number advantage already in that point. But just how comfortable Neil and Ethan looked on the ball, like. <laughs> There's a moment in the game I think Neil has, and he's, like, getting rolled by, like, one or two Charlotte players. And he does, like, a Travella on the ball. He, like, spins Ooh. away from him. <laughs> and I just stopped, and I was like, yo, he's the best player in the midfield right now. Like, no one's touching him. Like, no one's touching him. And yeah, he, no, that was, that was, that was a good he, moment. I think there should have been a goal from it. I forgot who shot yeah. it. Yes, Terzaghi. He, he, Terzaghi, he's yeah. able on the way down as he's stumbling able to slot that ball through for Terzaghi, but I, I think I credit to, to Charlotte Independence, their back line does get in position quickly enough to block that shot, yeah. but my goodness, I think he went past four Charlotte, yeah, he went past four people Charlotte Independence players, split two of them um, and just blows past. Um, another shout out in terms of like individual play, I think it was Payne in the yeah. second half, where he literally salaloms around three players out on the wing and almost gets a good shot off, but it, he hits it over the bar. Um, Fitch had a good opportunity, similar situation from the other side, and and hit the hit the post actually. So, um, oh, Jalen almost came close. Jalen almost came close to our third goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, ain't gonna lie. If Jalen would have scored that, <laughs> it's funny how the goalkeeper saves that chance, but he doesn't. Say, oh, never mind. But by the way, Jalen almost came close to scoring. Like once again, like I, mean, I don't know how much the keeper knew about that one. I think you know Jalen, you know, caught that clean out of the air, and it just happened to go to the keeper rather than the keeper. Yeah, having a ton of ideas. He did. Yeah. He caught that so clean, man. Like, like Jalen's practicing to be a striker at this point. Hey, um, look, David Luiz made a career out of it. Oh, <laughs> um, but I mean, even with that, you know, going to the half halftime up three nothing, everything's feeling good. I, I think the only concern we had was like, yo, Derek, don't mess with this lineup. Like, yeah, let them go to sixty fifth, seventieth minute. Then you can start making your changes. But like, even going into like coming out of halftime. It didn't feel like anything changed. I like the fact that the kicker still kept their foot on the gas pedal because they still kept peppering Charlotte's back line and goalkeeper with chances. Um, 
Yeah. I think what? I think it was like, I want to say like three or four shots that could have been scored if the keeper didn't get to it. It, it could have been worse, man. It could this scoring line could have been like five, six. Yeah. yeah, there there were a few howlers in terms of shots hit like way over the crossbar. Like, whoa, what were you thinking? But um, but uh, like you said, the constant pressure throughout the entire game. Yeah, I don't yeah, think there was really a park the bus moment for the kickers. There wasn't a all right, we're up, let's shut up shop and just make sure they don't score. Because I, I was scared of that happening. I was actually kind of scared of that happening. Uh, early on in the second half, I, it felt like the kickers were like, all right, well, we're up 3 nothing. Let's sit back. I was like, come on, please do not park that bus because you're just inviting the pressure. But they just kept moving forward. And also, I think they were encouraged by the fact that um, Charlotte – were they were they had ideas coming forward, but it was that final pass, that final action that they were, were out of ideas. Well, yeah, yeah, there were still dangerous chances. I think there were like two or three chances, and in the second half down our end, that were still dangerous. Is the fact of like like you're a loser, like they didn't have anyone that could create that pass to then open it up for a quality shot to go for. But, I feel like you guys might be a little generous with the word uh, dangerous here. Well, dangerous in the fact of, like, Akira, like, two, three times was, like, cussing out the back line. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 Like we, we, we don't need a sugarcoat for Charlotte. They weren't good. No. No, they weren't good. No, but, and, and, no, I'm just saying, like, it was one thing that even the commentator had noticed as well, that, you know, Charlotte, were they, they were having ideas, especially in the second half. They were having ideas, but it was like, you could see it, like, literally that last decision of whether to shoot or to make that last killer pass was always lacking. And it was like, you almost made it, and then you messed up. And like, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I had felt like you could tell that they were getting frustrated more than anything else. Because, I mean, how, how many you know, times were there you know, just not, not necessarily, you know, rough fouls, but, you know, pretty solid fouls that they were committing in the midfield, you know, not necessarily because they really needed to, but because – you know, they were frustrated about uh, you know, maybe being, you know, a step late or, you know, having getting dispossessed you know, for something. And uh, to the point oh, where the ref yeah. probably should have started throwing yellows a little bit earlier on some of them. Uh, but I'm shocked there was not a red card on Charlotte's part in this game. Like, I'm shocked. Um, I don't I don't think there needed to be one. I mean, at, at this point, I, I feel that there were a lot of their fouls that were tactical fouls that were like, I just got beat. And like, for example, let's say that the one on Bentley where the guy grabs Bentley's shirt, he's like, Bentley beat me on this one. And he's got acres of space. I cannot let him get there. I'll I'll eat the yellow card, but not let him just barrel down the field with nobody on him. A lot of I think they had about three or four tactical fouls. Kickers had one or two also. Um, there was there was one on on there were I think Ethan twice got got clipped because of that situation and i wouldn't really characterize it as frustration but more so a tactical i'll sacrifice myself for the team type of foul yeah and one thing too like i i want to give a big shout out to ethan because i think early on like he started to realize like oh i can't just settle on the ball like i can't just have the ball just roam across my body because charlotte was Really, they were being physical with him and coming up behind him. And he switched his game up and he was being a lot more aggressive with the ball. There was one point in the game where I think like he stumbled over the ball and still had a pass that almost became an opportunity, but it was offsides. Um, and then the fourth well, moving on to the fourth goal, which I don't understand how this is not Bologna's fourth assist. It really should have been. But they said he got I, deflected. I get, yeah, it did take a deflection, but I, I would still give that as an assist. Um, yeah. His intention was still completed. Um, Bolaños' intention there was to cross the ball across yeah. the face of goal, and the deflection, the only difference the deflection made was how Bentley had to attack that ball because because of that deflection, that ball reaches there a half second later He's a half second further up. He has to kind of twist his body to kind of get his head to knock it into the goal. If that there's no deflection there, 
Bentley's just running onto that ball and burying it in the back of the net anyway. Right. So I I still think Bolaño should have four assists on the day. Well, I'm going to count it as four assists. And with that, like, Bolaño's, oddly enough now, is leading the USL League with an assist. All <laughs> Coming off an injury. <laughs> right. Not oddly, deservedly. <laughs> <laughs> like, leading the league in assists. Like, yo, this, this is kind of like the thing that I think we've all been asking for. Like, a game, or not a game, but just be at the point in the season where someone else is doing the production, you know, it's not all relying on one person. It's not all relying on Trizaghi's shoulders. And I think it's all for the better. Yeah, you know? I mean, look, if somebody had told you, uh, you know, at the start of the month, I mean, granted, it's not long ago. We played three games in, in June so far. It was three, three home games. Emmy wouldn't score a goal. What do you think, you know, your prediction would be? And against the teams that we played against, Charlotte, Tormenta, and Chattanooga, mm-hmm. honestly, you would have been like, all right, maybe we get one point out of that. But to get seven? Yeah. And it had scored nine times? Yeah. yeah. Nine like, goals. Nine goals scored, two mm-hmm. goals. Yeah, we're, we don't talk about those. Yeah. But, that, but still, that just, just two goals and having scored nine, that, that, that goal differential shows – Something. Um, two clean sheets. Yeah. Not a game where you scored less than two goals. The, the kickers are looking good. They're looking yeah. really good right now. So I have a trivia question for you guys. I want to see if you guys get it. Kick, Richmond is the only team to have three guys combined in the top ten of goals and assists. Can you name the three players? All right, so you got Blanios because he's on five assists. Yep. You got Ethan on four. You got Emmy on four, and I don't know if you have any assists. Yep, those are the four. All right. I, I wasn't Blanios. sure if you had enough assists yet or not, but. Yeah, <laughs> Ethan has two goals or two assists. Emmy has four goals. Um, hold on, make sure I'm right on this. Yeah, Emmy has four goals, and Blanios has the – Five go five assists so far this year. Yeah, I feel like Byman's got to be getting, getting close to that number two. Oh, uh, should be getting there. Actually, no. Bentley is next with four, and that's true. Byman's on three. Then Neil's on three. All right, there you go. Th- um, I love how the goals are spread out now. And it's dude, not- it's so good to have a second striker that can score. <laughs> not second just a player second- that can score. This, this right. Not just a second play. We have options. Like, the goals are so spread out right now. We could literally – if we were to put every player that has scored a goal on the field, there would probably be only one or two position left positions left open on the field. I mean, we have we, – we have the options now in terms of goals. Um, I'm waiting for Bolaños to get his. Uh, yeah. You know, so guys, I'm gonna actually this question. We'll probably get his soon. That better, that better. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys this question, well, because I think this is something that we'll be always trying to figure out. Like, my bad, I didn't mean to hit the mic. Um, that right wing midfielder forward slash spot is like a combo of all three. Is that Matt Bentley's to lose now? Like, is it his spot? I don't know if there's any. Well, other than, you know, in the middle where it probably definitely is Emmy's spot. I don't know if there's anyone here that is somebody's spot uh, you know, because it could be situational, because, uh, but it could just be, again, who's available, who steps up. You know, Bentley's not, you know, starting and, you know, plays 60, you know, not much is happening. All right, well, we can slide in Bolduck there. We could slide in Bima over there. We could slide in Gordon into that spot, uh, you know, there's not a shortage of options. And again, as we've seen, guys are taking you know that opportunity. They're you know grabbing that uh you know brass ring and latching on consistently. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Um I mean, right now, to me personally, if I had to go out with a starting line, I would have Bentley started. Just based on what he could do and how 
like that front trio of him, Bolaños, and Emmy. Yeah, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's good. Also, Bentley came very close to a hat trick in this game, man. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he, he did. He almost got a hat trick. Oh, if he had gotten that hat trick, man. <laughs> yeah, it would have been dope. Um, but nonetheless, we got two braces in this game. I'm still gonna call it it's four assist. Yep, Bologna four assist. I'm saying four Um <laughs> I think honestly, it's a good start to the month. Seven points out of the first three games of this month. Still got three very tough games at the end of the month. Um, before we talk about our next game coming up against Noko, we know how the kickers do at home. We know they're very strong in the room at home. So far, three games at home, they have outscored. They have scored, what, three, four? They have scored four goals tw- at least twice at home, three and another. Like, they're fine at home. But on the road, do you think, We'll see this kind of performance on the road. Like, do you think that's the next step for the kickers to get to is have these kind of performances on the road? Um, I think, oh, okay. oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think I'm not sure if you can expect these types of performances on the road. It, it's a question of results. Um, I mean, there's a. I know it's a cliche saying, but for a team to win a league or a team to win a championship, whatever, you have to be able to win ugly. Um, you have to be able to grind out results, even if you're not playing well. And I think that is the next step the kickers need to reach if we want to be a title contender. If we want to be the type of team that we can end on top of the league, we can go into the playoffs as the top seed. You need to be the type of team that even when you're having a bad day, you can at least get a point or three out of a game. And that that's where we need to get to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to – it's realistic to think, oh, we're going to, you know, stack three nils, four nils on the road. <laughs> I think I think the next step is securing the, the one nils, the two ones. Yeah. You know, first, uh, you know, because the league is not overly strong at home this year. You know, teams are giving up points uh, in home games and, you know, Kickers need to be able to keep up with that trend and be able to, you know, look at, you know, how can we be able to put together enough points on the road to supplement, you know, the home you know, record. So that way, at a minimum, we're getting that home playoff game this time around. Because that, that was the issue last year. Top the league at home throughout the year. But the road performance, you know, meant road game in the playoffs instead. Yeah. Even if you look at it right now. I mean, granted, you know, the home and away splits are all over the place in the league Yeah. at the moment. Kickers, you know, top of the league in points at home right now with 12. Bottom of the league in away points with three. Again, we've played, you know, a good number of home games, you know, equal most in the league. So that's a little misleading on that end. And it's a little misleading on the away end because we've played, you know, the equal fewest away games. But it's still a little bit, you know, indicative of what we've seen in you know, previous years, as well with just the chasm of uh, production between the two. Right. And Matt, losing your point about home games, there's four teams right now without a home win. Um, that's Noco, Central Valley Fuego, Tormenta, and Tucson. Tormenta playing the most out of everyone. Uh, five games, only two draws, and three losses at home. So, yeah. you're right. It, the kickers at home are fine. It's all about on the road. And the next 10 games coming up for the kickers aren't <laughs> – I mean, it's going to be a tough stretch. You only got four games at home. Um, those four home games are NOCO, North Carolina, Tormenta, and Tucson. But with, these are your road games coming up at four in Madison, at Tucson, at Charlotte. At Fuego, at North Carolina, at Noco, and in that you have two, two Tetris, you know, um, plane trips. Like you play Thursday night against Ford, then you have to fly out to go out to Tucson on the West Coast. Then we come back and play North Carolina, so that's going to be tough. Um, but then you got that stretch where we go to Fuego, come back to play in Raleigh, then fly out to go to Noco. So. If the kickers want to get to that next level and kind of be, I want to say, if they want to stay in that first, second range and kind of start dissing themselves away, they got to pull these, have good performances on the road and pull away points. It's going to be difficult, but they got to do it. 
Yeah, it's it's usually when you get those tough road trips, two, three, four games in a row on the road where you're going from one coast to another, that's what's going to test our mettle. Um, that's what's going to test Darren's choice-making on the squad. It's going to test our depth, and it's going to test the players' mental fortitude. Because um, it's rough when you have a game on Thursday on the East Coast, and then you're over in mountain time on Sunday playing another game. And then you got to travel the following week to the West Coast for another game. It, it's just, it's one of those situations where you, it, it takes a toll on the body and the mind. And how tough are these guys? How tough are, are, are our kickers and how, how can they handle it? Yeah. yeah. So, so before we get into the next game, and we've forgotten you at least do this on the podcast the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. this is a fun week. This is a challenging week to do this. I think you know, our uh, you know, top three of the game, because I'll be real. I can make a compelling <laughs> argument for probably like seven different guys. That's and true. And be deserving of it. Okay. Okay. Like, I mean, we were yeah. shut out out there. Obviously we scored the goals. The midfield was pretty dominant. I mean, I think if we're being honest, it's, you know, in case for you know, it's not going to happen because you know, it's got to be fair to the rest of the league nonsense. But we could roll out 10 kickers on team of the week this week, and I think it's reasonable. Uh, Dude, it was the most dominant performance out of you in the league this week. It was the most yeah. dominated performance. Like, yeah. I think the most we've seen get in the team of the week is four, four. yeah, for one team. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I, I wouldn't be mad if they put five kickers, and you can literally do that. You yeah, can put the front three. You can put the midfield. You, yeah, the the attack and midfield Honestly. could definitely go in there. Payne could go in there. Um, I mean, Ani and Jalen. Ani and Jalen yeah. were powers in the back. Zaka was a, a, a just a destroyer in the midfield. Like, and he was he was one of the primary reasons why Charlotte couldn't get that final pass or that final that final move that got them chances. When they were coming forward, um, I mean, Akira, Simon, yeah, like literally. Uh, I mean, Akira didn't really have that much to do. I mean, the the, the back he's line. He's the only really... keeper outside of the Chattanooga goalkeeper that kept the clean sheet. True. And in this league, you know how they clean, they care about clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, but you also <laughs> have to. Here's here's the thing. It's like, for example, when you're a lot in a lot of leagues, as we famously now know, the Premier League is not one of them. When you decide if there's a tiebreaker between the top two scores, you think about the amount of games, or you think about how many of the goals were penalty kicks. With goalkeepers, it needs to be the same way. You're going to think about clean sheets, but you also need to think about how many saves that goalkeeper made that game. Because did did he get a clean sheet because his defense was solid, or did he get a clean sheet because he stood on his head? That's Most times it's because instead of the head of Mr. <laughs> but in this game, in this game, it's because our back line was on point and Moran was not letting anything happen. Yeah, that was not mainly so, yeah. the reason why uh, Akira didn't really have to sweat that much. He had oh, no, one he had to sweat because there was one chance where Charlie had the ball, like literally. It was maybe six feet away from going in. The Charlotte keeper, yeah, and, and Charlotte he, got just got it over the net. Got it over the net. Yeah, but and that's the thing. Like for example, in that situation, he didn't make that save. That cross that came in, he should have gotten a hand to that. He yeah. did not, and that's when it got, came through. Apart from that, he didn't really have that much that really put his goal under real threat. So, I don't think I think Akira got himself one of those easy clean sheets this week. It's like the when you know, oh, so-so-and-so got a hat trick. Yeah, three tap-ins. It's basically the same thing. Well, here, hey, here are three saves. Avila's two saves. Yeah, you can put a here yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, he was the better goalkeeper out of the two. Well, we already talked about Charlotte. Well, look, we already know Belanius <laughs> is getting in. Belanius has to. I don't know. He didn't, yeah. sc- he didn't score a goal, but... But he, he accommodated all four of them. They're already, <laughs> they're already, the system. In. They're already haters. <laughs> Ethan yeah, and true. Bentley are probably getting in. Yes. Akira. So that's four. And if you really want to be real about it, you can make like, a case for Neil. They got to throw a defender in there somewhere. And Neil, Neil maybe. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of crooked Zaka numbers. Definitely, Zaka definitely. Uh, yeah, is it is a toss-up between Neil or Ani? 
Neil Audi. I don't think I don't yeah, think Neil's going to get it just because you got guys like Cassini and Madison who scored. Yeah, oh yeah, Cassini. And, so Neil's yeah. out. So there'll probably be Audi there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably be Audi. Anyway, screw the league. Right. Let's talk about our let's talk about our own standings. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. Give you guys a second to think about this. But now that we threw the caveat out there of probably anybody could be justified to be on the list. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I gave uh, you know good old Matt Bentley you know the three you know he had the two goals but I, like I said earlier I like that defensive contribution you know he started you know the first goal uh, you know, pretty much himself even if he didn't get on the score sheet for that so I gave him my three this week uh, put Bolanius with two you know you get four assists you know, it's you kind of feel bad not to give him you know the top spot but you know I went Benz instead and then uh, gave Ethan. You know, the third one, because beyond just the goals, uh, the way he was able to help control how things were running in the midfield and you'd be able to you know, keep the ball uh, in possession, moving in a nice controlled manner, uh, you know, that helped out. And then the goals pushed him over the top of Neil for me on that one. But yeah, it was, it was, the, it was the good reason, toughest you know, choice of the, the season so far. Oh, yeah. It's been a couple of weeks where it's been a stretch to figure out, all right, who do I throw in the uh, one point spot? But <laughs> yeah, uh, but th- for me, it, it, I, it's exactly the same. Um, I put Bentley at first. The reason why I put Bentley at the three points ahead of Bolaños is because Bolaños got four assists. Yes, because of his skill, but also because of how dismal Charlotte was on that wing. So. Bentley not only scoring two goals, almost getting a hat trick, and like you said, giving his defensive contributions and hustling all over the field, I I think he edged it. Because I know they say you can only play what's in front of you, but Bolaños had an easy day, to be honest with you. Um, They they did not cover themselves in glory on the right, in the right back position. and and Bolaños took advantage of it. He gets second for four assists. And Ethan Bryant, uh, very controlled in the midfield. And to get those two late runs, perfectly timed two late runs to give him his two goals, he has to get that one point. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to put Bolaños first. You get four assists in the game, dude. You did everything perfectly. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. Um, I mean, he showed why he is the lightning rod for this team. Like, I, I easily you can see the difference of how this team plays when Bologna's is not in the lineup. You know, yeah. Yeah. and since he's been back, the team offensively has gotten better and has played better. I, I'll put him first. Um, secondly, who is hard, man? Right. You're gonna have to leave somebody off that you don't yeah. want to leave off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Secondly, I'm gonna go Neil Vignos. Um, the way how he played in the midfield, man, he had a lot of assists to the assist. And I get O'Neill a lot because sometimes he gets on the ball, he you know, he might have a misplayed pass or doesn't look connecting. This game was none of that. Like, I'm surprised he didn't end up with an assist or on a good score sheet himself. The way he played the bit, also that run he had where he physically threw off two Charlotte players, and Envy should have scored. <clears throat> I'm gonna put it over there. Um, <laughs> at one point, I'm gonna give it to, I'm gonna give it to Matt Bentley. Um, and I know it sounds weird giving a person that scored a brace one point, but defensively, how he scored these goals, how he's been playing thus far this year. He might be the one of the, like the top three most important players of the team, just because of like how important he's been to helping this attack grow to that next level. So, yeah, I put him out there, man. It's be good, good. <laughs> all, right. all right, yeah. I mean, we all, we all had somebody in the one spot who had scored two goals, so you don't have to apologize yeah. for that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Are you so you left off a dude with two goals? He, I know, I did. Yeah, so uh, yeah, but that's but that's that's the thing though, that's that's the performance they gave you, that's the yeah. performance the kickers gave you. It's hard. <laughs> it was hard to choose. And I, look, I want that every week. 
<laughs> I want yeah, that I every week. I want to be like, ah, I don't know who to give first to because they all played so well. That's what I want to hear every week. Of course, yes, let's be realistic. It's not going to happen. We're all human. But that's that's what that's what I'm hoping for every week. Yeah. So uh, l- let me give everybody a little bit of an update. We're you know, we're a third of the way through the season now. So I think the whole theme of this episode has been balance, right? <laughs> yeah. let, let me tell you where, where our, our table is. Right you got to make sure to tweet this out as well. Yeah, I can do that. So <laughs> third of the way through the season, our uh, player of the year, Neil Vignoles, he's on 18. Hey, 18 really? for Neil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second place, Emmy, 17. So literally by two points, but they're over time. <laughs> yep. Third place is a tie. Uh, Bentley and Ani with 16. <laughs> you got Chrysler, 15. You got Akira, 14. You got Payne, 13. You got Bima, 11. Uh, Stu, 9. Uh, Dakota, 8. Ethan, 8. Uh, Owain, 6. Zaka, 3. Wow. Yeah, talk about balance. <laughs> right. And, and I see all that. I'm feeling bad for Zaka. He's not getting enough shine. He's dying. But that's the He's thing not, about it, though. Yeah, like, exactly. He did, so good it. he did so good Saturday. He was he 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 shut everything that he closed the door in front of our back four. He shut the door and stood in front of it. He was the bouncer today. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I need Zaka to truly work on. Is his range of passing? That's it. Like the long balls, like that's all I need him to work on. Yeah, but everything else defensively. Oh, Zaki, Zaki cleans up in front of that back four. Easily. Oh yeah, but it, it also goes to something I was talking about uh, in my uh, my Callahan article. Here, hop on the website, read up that Mike Callahan number twenty eight Richmond kicker all time. Yes, yes. Defensive midfielders, yeah. By nature, they don't get a lot of love. Yeah, because it's not a glamorous yeah. position. It's a position where your number one stat is almost certainly going to be yellow cards or fouls committed yeah. most of the time. Uh, you know, so I, I think it doesn't necessarily lead to you know a system like we're using you know to evaluate your know, player player of the year. But uh, I I know I certainly appreciate you know what Zaka does in that spot, what Dakota does in that spot when he's playing there. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there that you know. That's probably usually a very underappreciated spot and a hard one to evaluate just looking at the numbers. Yeah, still, yeah, amazing job all around by the kickers, man. Yeah, the C- the CDM spot is is an eye test uh, position in terms mm-hmm. of quality of play because you look at some of the best CDMs out there, like like you said, with Callahan, he he, he didn't score a bunch of goals, he didn't have a bunch of assists, but he was a rock in that midfield. Um, you look at some of the the world renowned ones. You, your Busquets, your your Angolo Conte. Not a lot of goals, not too many assists, but you take them off the team, you notice a difference. And that that's the case with Zaka. You notice that difference when when he's not playing. There's a big difference, and that back line is much more vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just think about this last couple of years, though. If we, if we had done this exercise, then it probably would have been like, you know, even 10 you know, games in the season, it probably would have been like, you know, Emmy 40, Akira 35, and then somebody else like 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably would have been. Yeah. And, and you know what? That, 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 shows, that shows that this team is building. That shows that. Terzaghi is no longer relied upon to score all the goals. And Akira is no longer relied upon to save the day. Yeah. And that oh, that oh. everything in between those two guys is now starting to grow and become more solid, more reliable. Yeah. Also, how crazy is it that you know, we're saying, oh, you know, Emmy's having a you know season where we don't need him as much. He's still got four and ten games. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing about all of this. Like, if you would have told us right now, like, do 10 games, you will be first place in the league, but Akira will only have three clean sheets and Emmy will only have four goals, we all would have been like, how? 
Exactly. Like how bad is the rest of the league? <laughs> but and but here's here we are, and the re- it's not that the rest of the league is bad because literally there's only no. three points between there's first only, and eighth. Yeah, Plus. there's only one team that's truly out of it at, at this point, and that's FC Tucson. Yeah, and that's I know Noko's on ten, but they play only because they had a very bad start. Nah, nah. Tucson's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> they just bad. Like, I mean. But they, I, they I can mean, pull what they did last year, though, and, you know, catch fire. Like, yeah. they're, even then, they're only six points off of the playoff spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's early, so you, it's hard to you know, be too much farther back than six points. Yeah, but, yeah, but in the past two years in USL League One, by now, there is at least one or two teams that's kind of pulling away from everyone else. By now, by June. That's starting to pull away. Now it's like literally the team that's in sixth place could be top of the league and and like Matt was saying, it goes back to the home form. Like outside of us, no team is really dominated dominating at home. You know, on the road, yeah. everyone's picking up wins on the road. So you know, but yeah. guys, let's go ahead. Let's talk about this uh preview for NOCO. Team that's coming in, they got the one-one draw with Tormenta last night. If you have not watched that game, please, you don't gotta watch the whole game. Just watch the last ten minutes to see how insane that guy. Um, let's just say this: there were two red cards given out and a goal scored after it went the 99th minute of extra time, like the ninth. Yeah, 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 the goal was like ninety plus seven, ninety plus eight, something like that. The red cards came after. Right. Did, yeah. That alone to show you how crazy this game is. But um, this is the local team who we played previously at home. One more draw. Then, how do we think this game plays out now? Kickers are coming in with good momentum, seven points out of the last three games. No code, you know, got a lot of games built in to get them back up the table. How do we think this game plays out for us? I say no code. We have to, to – there are a lot of factors. Um, we're coming in with a lot of um, a lot of momentum. Yeah. The last time we played against them, they were coming in on a high after beating uh, a USL championship, um, Colorado Springs, uh, in the US Open Cup. So they were coming in on a high against us. Um, there was the the emotion of of was what was was it their last their last game in that stadium or so, the last time that their Fans, we're gonna get to see them um, because. And also, real quick, man, I have to cut you off. Noko is coming in on a four-match on Bean Street, but their last win is May 18th against Charlotte. Yeah. The last three games have been draws, so just want to throw that out there as well. Yeah. So uh, momentum, we figured a lot of things out, and now we have a better idea. How many? Twelve games in. Who Noko is. Um, that was the first time last time we played against them. So I, I think we, we, it, it's going to be a different dynamic. We have the opportunity to do something. We have a full week, another home game. Um, we, we should be able to, to, to get a good result against them. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be able to build upon, uh, I'm still not sure what this NOCO team really is because yeah. you look at some of the pieces that they have, you think that they would uh, be pouring in the goals and they're eighth in goals per game right now. Yeah, they're barely scoring more than one a game. Uh, you know, they've, they're a little bit loose on the defense. I mean, probably skewed a little bit by, you know, shipping forward to Chattanooga a few weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, it's not a you know situation where they're, you know, really reliable. They only have one clean sheet all year so far. So, Opportunity is there. You know, I think there's every reason to think uh, that uh, guys will be able to be successful. I think if you can get that triangle of Zaka, Ani, and Chrysler to be able to sort out, you know, Irvin Para, that'll limit a lot of the other options that are available to them and you know, give, you know, give us a chance to be able to, you know, wrap up the homestand uh, with a full 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I don't know what to think. I think there's still two teams in the league that I still don't understand them fully, and that's Noco and the other Central Valley Foil. Like I don't have a good read on them of like how they are, but 
I mean, honestly, I can see this game ending up as a draw, like a one-one draw again. I feel like that would be a disappointing result. Yeah, it probably it probably will be. But I just I don't know. Like like I said, I don't know how to read this Noco team. And right now they're coming to what in three straight draws so far. And I think what I think the last two? I'm trying to make sure I say this right. They had two this week at home. Yeah, the last two games they've saved them from they turned losses into draws. So is this another case of that happening again? I don't know, but well, that that just tells me that Darren needs to approach that game the way he approached this one. Don't park the bus and don't yeah. park it early. Definitely yeah. don't park it early. Don't start to be like 60th minute. All right, let's park the bus. No, you still got 30 minutes to go. Keep going at them, hammer them in, in the head until we're at the 80th minute, and then when they're frustrated, okay, maybe let's put on some defensive players and and shut up shop. But let me ask you guys this: that, like, that can turn that. Yeah, let me ask you yeah. guys this. I'm pretty sure we got all the same starting lineup. Um, only toss up possibly is probably their right back spot. Left I back. feel like, huh? Left back. I mean, left back. God, I keep. I don't know why I keep wanting to put Stewart right back. Left back spot. My bad. Um, Stewart's a little bit more attacking. Simon's a little bit more defensive. Who do you put more into that spot for this game? Me personally, I, I would go Simon. See, I would go Stu. You go Stu, okay. Chenier, you're the tiebreaker. Yeah. Chenier going to mess around and put it in uh, Chris Cole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 no. <laughs> um, I mean, no, no. Um, Simon and Stu have really shown a lot um, this season so far. Uh, again, this goes back to what you said, Elliot, of – this NOCO team not really being able to figure them out and not really know what exactly needs to be done with them. And yeah. that that's what makes it difficult for me. But I think I would start with Simon. I think I would start with Simon um, maybe later in the game, uh, switch him out for Fitch just to, to, to seal things up. But, yeah, I'd start with Simon because at the end of the day, against a team that 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 has gotten into the habit of turning losses into draws you want to get ahead and you want to get ahead quick um you want to get probably a similar situation as against charlotte a two or three goal cushion by the end of the first half um and then you can start playing with things then you can start working on keeping possession uh putting pressure on them keeping the ball in their half not necessarily plowing forward to try and score more goals but to try and keep the ball as far away from our goal as possible. At that point, then you're better off with Richie. Richie has an engine. Um, he has, yeah, yeah. He has an engine. He can move. He can. He can definitely uh, keep up with any winger. But he won't be uh, sneaking up the field too much. He, he'll he'll hold his position. Um, we can keep possession of the ball in the center or their final third, try and keep it as in that area as often as possible in the second half when he comes on, but he'll still be defensive. So I, I would start with Stu, but I would definitely have Richie come on, probably in the, like the 70th or something. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, guys, I think we did a good job of breaking out this game, all excited and everything. There, there's a lot of positive talk about. We are for nothing against a rival sorts. I don't know we call this a robbery or not. I don't really care. Um, any last things before we wrap up, guys? Pack out the stadium. Let's go. Let's 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 send Noko. Let's send Noko home with an L. I will say this: the last few times we've, I've been in the stadium, I think the average attendance has been right around twenty nine, three thousand. It's been like right there. So mm-hmm. it's getting it's getting back up there, man. To to USL Championship days of where like you know we do. Oh, it's gonna be like. 35. Yeah, well, all, it, it, this is this period that we're going into is the test, though, because usually around June, July, gets hot, people start traveling, going to the beach, doing this, school's out. That's okay, when you start to see numbers. No, I'm saying that's when you start to see numbers dwindle. So now this this is the test. This is the test. And I'm, I'm, I'm 
putting this challenge out to the fans. Let's keep this stadium rocking throughout well, the Well, if they put performances like that, they surely will. Uh, Matt, yeah. any last things for you, buddy? No. Winning is fun. <laughs> Amen. Super fun. Super duper fun. Um, so, guys, with that being said, we will holler at you guys next week. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter, on Instagram. I haven't done the YouTube in a while, but we will be doing that soon. So keep us on that soon. And also, shout out to this guy over here, Matt. He's done an amazing job with the top 30 list. We've already done, what, three players so far? Yep. Yep. So keep an eye out for that. Um, countdown to that number one spot is coming up. Soon. Well, not soon, but it will be shortly. It will be shortly. Um, I'll let you guys next week. Be safe.